0: Before Big Ben's throw, before Santonio Holmes' catch, before Pittsburgh became Sixburg, there were doubts. There was a daunting schedule. There was a dominant defense. This is the season. 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome Steelers Nation. I am Bryant McFadden your host and cornerback on the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers on this podcast I'll revisit our Super Bowl run from a decade ago with former teammates and coaches delivering you behind the scene insights and memories on the biggest plays personalities from that memorable season let's get to this week's game and guests Steeler Nation, welcome back. It's time to recap week 12. The Pittsburgh Steelers hosting AFC Fo Cincinnati Bengals. Final score of that ballgame 27 to 10. A, a outstanding affair from the Pittsburgh Steelers on both sides of the football, dominated from start to finish. Um, recapping this ballgame should be a treat for you guys listening. And because of that, I had to reach out to a former teammate of mine, a guy that had a huge impact, not just in this week. But the entire season, 2008, this guy was a hellraiser for opposing offenses, quarterbacks, and OCs. He dominated from start to finish. A second-round pick in 2007, All-American at the University of Michigan. Spent nine years in the NFL, seven outstanding years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, he's a Super Bowl champion, pro bowler in 2009. 2008 stats, started 15 ball games, one interception, two forced fumbles, four fumbles recovered, 60 tackles, 16 tackles for loss. No other than Mr. Lamar Woodley. Mr. Woodley, appreciate you joining me. Hey,
1: I appreciate it, man. And speaking of that interception that I got in 08, uh you tackled me when I got that interception <laughs> and got up and started celebrating like you made a big play. You I mean, you messed up some stuff with me, B-Mac. I could have – that probably could have been the touchdown if I would have got up.
0: Hey, what they always taught us to finish the drill. And unfortunately, when you broke on the ball, the guy that was between me and you was the wide receiver. So I didn't know if no. he actually – I didn't know if he actually caught the ball. I didn't know if you had a PBU. I just wanted to finish the drill and unfortunately I tackled you. Yeah, you're right I did. That was supposed to be a pig six, Wood.
1: Hey, hey, you gotta celebrate. I when we looked at that film and they I said, B Mac, you tackled me.
0: <laughs> hey, you gotta finish the drill. You know you gotta finish the drill till the whistle blow. I didn't see opposite I saw opposite color. I didn't see light color until you were hey. getting them off the ground.
1: Uh, you did you did you did the right thing, man. I ain't tripping about. It. We we still got the pick, and it when it, we had a chance to put the offense in a good field position.
0: Uh, no question, no question. That was a uh, matter of fact. The game that Lamar is talking about is the first game, uh, in against Houston, home opener against the the Texans. That was the first game of the season, two
1: thousand eight. Yeah. Well, 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 like
0: I said, it's an honor, you know, having you on this podcast, recapping our story, two thousand eight season. Um, You know, you're a second-round draft pick. I remember it like it was yesterday. He came in, you know, mostly playing with your hand in the dirt. Of course, Pittsburgh decided to make a transition and have you be a stand-up outside linebacker. Uh Talk about what it meant for you, you know, wearing the Steelers uniform and also representing a legendary defense.
1: I mean, it meant, it meant a lot to me because uh, I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan um, and always been a, a Steelers fan. I started off being a fan of Jerome Bettis when I was uh, in the seventh grade, and I just – uh, just grew on, growing up, just like Pittsburgh after that, man, and, and having an opportunity here, uh, Coach Tomlin called me on draft day. I'm like, this is like a dream come true. I have an opportunity, uh, to play for the Pittsburgh still is my favorite team and not only play, uh, there, but going there playing outside linebackers, going, being outside linebacker and, uh, just going in there trying to accept that challenge and knowing the great history and tradition of, uh, just great linebackers that played there and knew I had some big shoes to fill. Uh But when I got there, man, it was just all love from from yourself and all the older guys, man. Uh, y'all just embraced me like I had been there for years. And that's that's what made my uh, welcome to Pittsburgh just feel so warm because how y'all brought me in, y'all just treated me as one.
0: Uh, no question. And we saw how hard you work and you wanted to continue to get better. And, of course, you know, the numbers speak for themselves because you definitely improved every year, you know, one of the reasons why we were able to be successful as a unit because of the outstanding pass rush that we received consistently. You know, that helped us out a lot in the secondary. Uh, listeners, now it's time to set the scene. Week 12 Cincinnati Pittsburgh Steelers matchup on Thursday night, 815 kickoff. Would a lot of people as far as mostly players, you know, current players and former players dislike Thursday night football? What adjustments or difference you had to go through knowing you would be playing on Thursday night. I mean, the
1: adjustment is, you know, definitely coming off those Sunday game is, you know take that Monday and try to rest up your, take that Monday and uh, you know try to try to rest up your body because you need to come back in there Tuesday because it's pretty much going to be a short week, no real contact, uh, you know, just pretty much just kind of taking it easy. I wasn't a cold to type of dude. Be back as you know, man. I just <laughs> I just let my body rest the best way it can and my mind rest and know that you know, we got to go out there and play. So just any little injuries that you had, man, it was just, you had to fight through it to to go out there and perform at a high level again on Thursday.
0: Uh, Most definitely. Most definitely. You know, for us, you know, that was another opportunity for us to be on prime time. And, you know, during that season, you know, our slogan is a five star matchup because we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we live yeah. by that every week. So that was another opportunity to show the nation, uh, the football world that we were a serious competitor. Uh, Steelers in this right. ball game seven and three, the Bengals entered one eight and one, 32 degrees at kickoff, uh, 20 degree wind chill factor. Second straight week with snowy conditions. And of course, before kickoff pregame, uh, we got an opportunity to honor Dick LeBeau for his 50 years in the NFL. Uh, what did it mean for you playing under a legendary, not just coach, but a guy that played in between the lines, a guy that was well-respected, not just in Pittsburgh, but throughout the entire NFL? What did it mean for you playing for such a iconic individual and Coach Dick LeBeau?
1: I mean, it, it meant a lot, man, uh, playing for Coach LeBeau. Um, just the way that he coaches, coaching style. He was very relaxed. He was very open to listening to the players. Mm -hmm. I think that's key when you're a defensive coordinator. He was listening to the players and things that we didn't like he might have took out and things that we liked, you know, he kept in. But he made adjustments to make sure that he put us in the best situation to go out there and win. I mean, his energy level was there every day in practice. Coach LeBeau didn't do all that yelling. I mean, he knew how to be a leader to us, and he made us want to play for him. And we went out there and we gave our heart, heart and soul to Coach LeBo. And I had a chance to witness, to go to other teams and realize a, a real true defensive coordinator, it was playing for him and playing for some dumbasses on some, <laughs> some other uh, <laughs> teams that I had. And you really appreciate what that's all about because, you know, when you have a coach like that mm-hmm. who played in a league, he understands that sometimes he may not be right all the time because we're out there playing. So you have to play what you see. But one thing that Coach LeBeau I will always remember saying – Everybody play the same play. Whatever that middle linebacker called, that's what we run. We, we run. And if we wrong, we all wrong together. Yep. But at least we don't leave no gaps on our defense, man. So, uh, I love Coach LeBeau, man. Hats off to Coach LeBeau all the way.
0: I know a question. you talking about Coach LeBeau being able to put players in the ideal position to be successful. Give me your favorite call. What was that one call you heard in the huddle <laughs> where you started smiling from ear to ear?
1: Uh, you know, Dog Rush 1, man. We got a chance to, uh, to rush and get after the quarterback, me and James Harrison. So that was just, no matter what's going on, get after the quarterback. But then, you know, also, man, I ain't going to lie, I used to like dropping back and cover. Sometimes, not as much, uh, (laughs) just because, you know, like tight drop to shake. You know, that was, even though I complained about that call, man, it was actually fun to play that sometimes because I know me being a big outside linebacker, that a lot of quarterbacks don't look at me and think I can't cover. And Mm -hmm. that's a chance for me just to prove myself and go out there and cover some
0: people. Being able to see a guy – with your measurables in coverage was amazing because many people did not anticipate the athleticism that you provided, but I know firsthand this guy was extremely athletic, ladies and gentlemen, and he showed it week in and week out. Now it's time to get into the game. Uh, of course, like I said, week 12 matchup, Pittsburgh Steelers came away victorious 27 to 10, first quarter. Oh, by the way, I must mention, this ball game, no Carson Palmer, no Chad Johnson, who was suspended right before the game came out, violated team rules. So we went into this ball game knowing we will be facing a backup quarterback and a backup wide receiver filling in for Chad Johnson. Did that change your game prep mentally, knowing that no Carson Palmer, of course, we prepared for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was a starting quarterback, but also knowing that Chad Johnson wouldn't participate. Did that change anything mentally for you as an individual?
1: Man, it didn't change one thing, man, because me and you both know when teams came out there and played us, it didn't matter who lined up at quarterback, they still was going to go out there and play they, they A-plus game like it was the Super Bowl, man. So uh, we were still going to go out there and play the cards that Coach the car. but, uh, you know, we might run a couple different games up front on how we rush the quarterback, uh, but just my attitude is not going to change, man. I feel like when, when you let your attitude change – uh, teams attack you and, and definitely when you got that black and gold on, man, you, there's no time to relax because every, every play, every snap, that guy looked different, uh, the now than he looked a week before on film.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, uh, kickoff, first quarter, Thursday night football. Offense punt, so on the first two possessions and then Cincinnati right around nine minutes to go in that ball game. They embark on 11 play drive, 62 yard touchdown drive to be exact that lasts almost six minutes capped by Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, touchdown to Glenn Holt. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals actually had some success against us. And playing against a backup quarterback, they also had Cedric Br- Benson, who was a bruising running back, T.J. hus the experienced wide receiver on the edge. Being able to allow a long, sustaining drive to a backup quarterback with a few filling guys on the offensive side, what adjustments were made on the sideline defensively, allowing a 11-play, 62-yard touchdown drive?
1: I mean, you know the adjustments that we may be, Max. Um, you know, Coach he's going to bring us all in together, man. And, you know, he going to talk about everybody being on one page, everybody getting back focused. Uh, you know, don't lose your composure. And go out there and do what you got to do, man, you know, because it's still four quarters of football. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't break that easy. We knew that as long as it was time left on the clock, you know, we still had an opportunity to go out there and – uh and perform, man. So it was just, it was just a team thing, man.
0: And talking about the adjustments from Coach LeBeau, no, no question. We took heed to what he was saying and we put that on the football field throughout the first quarter. We came out and dominated for the remainder of the first quarter and gave the offense favorable field position. Uh, Big Ben early in the second quarter was able to connect on a, uh, to Heinz Ward for a 37 yard connection to get inside the red, red zone. And then later in that drive, a fourth and one on the four-yard line, Gary Russell, Big Ten running back from Minnesota (laughs) converts to extend the drive. Talk about Mike Tomlin's mentality, being able to be aggressive because, granted, we were down seven points, a fourth and one call. Many teams would decide to take the three points and and come out and, and, and make this a competitive ball game, but he had the guts to go for it on fourth down. Knowing if we don't get it, he has to believe the defense could come out and prevail and keep that opposing offense backed up. Mentally for you, how does that affect you as a player, knowing that, you know what, it's fourth and one. If they don't get a defense, we got to come out of here and, and, and do what we're supposed to do, give the offense an opportunity to get the ball back again. But talk about Coach Tomlin' aggressiveness, not just in that ball game, but throughout the course of that year, taking chances like that.
1: Hey, he knew we wasn't tripping. Like, he knew what type of defense he had. He knew he had a bunch of dogs on that defense when you look at every position. So he was willing to take chances because he knew that if we didn't get this and we put Cincinnati back against the wall, our defense is either going to get a safety or they're going to keep them down here and we're going to get another opportunity with this short field. So he trusted the defense. Do you know what I'm saying? And and we love to see that. We love to see our coach sometimes take chances because he know that these guys on the sideline, ready, they going to go out there and dog anybody.
0: Yeah, and he rolled the dice, and it actually worked in his favor because a few few plays later, after that first fourth down conversion, Big Ben finds Heath, Heath Miller in the flats for a three-yard yeah. touchdown. Now we're tied, 7-7. Seven, seven. Of course, defense comes back out. Gives up nothing to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Uh, Our offense gets the ball back. Nearly five-minute drive that results in a 10-7 advantage in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a little bit over a minute left to go in the second quarter. The defense, we're back on the football field. Very, very important drive because the last thing you Mm -hmm. want to allow defensively is a scoring opportunity right before Mm -hmm. half. And we knew that, and my friend, my teammate, Lamar Woodley, came in big in the second quarter with over a minute left to go. He sacks for Ryan Fitzpatrick to force a three and out. But Lyman Sweet muffs the punt to send Cincinnati's (laughs) offense right back on the football field. Now, the mentality from the defense, when you got that three and out, we're assuming that we won't be back on the football field until the third quarter because, like I said, listeners, it was a little over a minute left to go. But because of the month punt, we had to rally back on the football field. How do you get your mind right back into game mode as far as, hey, sudden change? We can't allow anything. There's only a few uh, uh, minutes on the clock. We just did our job. But because of an issue, a turnover, we have to jump right back into the battlefield. How do you get right back into sudden change? Be mad,
1: you you know, bro, that was our attitude, bro. We didn't care what the offense did. Like, we didn't care. Like, as long as our offense gave us an opportunity to win, if being through a pick and somebody fumbled the ball, as long as our offense gave us a chance to get back on the field and defend that blade of grass, we wasn't tripping about what happened because we know that we can go out there and give them another opportunity. We just wanted to make sure that, that the next time that opportunity come along, that lineman sweet go out there and, and make a play and everybody go out there and make these plays during crucial time. Because even though we can go out there and get the job done, we also get tired too.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, looking at the numbers and looking at the stat sheet, the defense rallied right back on the football field. Listeners only allow five yards force another turnover on downs. We go into the locker room ten seven. So prime example of what Lamar was talking about, sudden change, It's not about what the offense does. It's about what we do. We felt like we were able to dominate at any given time and, and the proof is in the pudding, as they say, we were able to step on the football field right before halftime. And a crucial four for uh turnover on downs led us allowed us to go into the half up three points ten seven on a division of four. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Third quarter, once again, the Cincinnati Bengals got an opportunity to go on offense. Couldn't generate anything. Couldn't generate anything at all outside of that first drive in the first quarter, early in the first quarter. And Lamar talked about the adjustments. We were able to stop the Cincinnati Bengals offense with ease. Eight of ten Cincinnati plays in the third quarter were passes. Cedric Benson had 11 touches in the first half. Didn't do a lot in the second half. Talk about our identity, the DNA of our team, because you know Dick LeBeau used to always talk about for us, we wanted to stop opposing offenses ground attack. Talk about Man, being able to devote your time and attention on that and because we did a tremendous job, you know, not just this ball game, but throughout the year, stopping opposing running attacks.
1: Man, you know what the thing was to not give up the big play. I think it was keep the team under twenty one points. You know, we, we no, had I think goals it, I think 30.
0: it was what, I think it was either seventeen or sixteen. Oh, okay. I knew it was it, something
1: like it that. It was in the teens. so. We took pride in making sure that we didn't let nobody run the ball along us. We, made, we took pride in not getting hit by the big play. Uh, we took pride in getting off the field in third down. Uh, we took pride in those type of things, man. Uh, and so when, when we take pride in that, it was a challenge for us every week because we wanted to be the best. Yeah, You know, we knew sometimes our offense was, was struggling a little bit, and we wanted to make sure that we can cope cover them on, on our end um, on, on defense and get pay, pretty much get some turnovers, uh, put a team back against the wall. We just wanted to put our offense in the best field position, man. That was our attitude. Like we had goals like they had goals. We just we just wasn't on relying on our offense to carry us and win the game. Like we wanted an opportunity to win the game. So even when there was uh, two minutes left in the game and uh, we got a chance to get back on the field and stop this team, like we look forward to doing those type of things.
0: And talking about the pride – uh listeners, Lamar was our left outside linebacker and I was the left corner. So of course, I lined up on the La- me Lamar would always line up on the same side and Lamar anytime he used to run the ball to his side and of course I'm trying to rally for run support, he used to always get up talking. Y'all better go to the other side. Y'all better go to the other side. Don't bring it over here. Don't bring it over here or let's say I give him a pass and he looked back at me, "B Mac, what's up? You you all right today?" <laughs> Hey, leave me alone, Lamar. Don't start that, man. The man caught one pass, man. Leave me alone, man. Do your job, man. This guy used to be so messy at times on the football field, but it was all for the games, but the standard was the standard. But he used to always be like, hey, B-Mac, what's up, man? All right. They 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 keep coming over. Hey, Lamar, leave me alone, and you let me do what I'm supposed to do, and you do what you're supposed to do. But that was just the standard. Hey, you,
1: hey B-Mac, you was just, just a cool, laid-back dude, man. You know what I'm saying? Like the way you are now. Like, I always, like, enjoy, like, your company as a friend and a teammate, and then we can joke around there out on the field and know that we're going to get the job done because it's the same thing. If somebody – if I have to let the ball outside of me – you going to come with me? What well, What's going on? You said <laughs> You know, so it was always fun, man, playing with guys like you who you knew was serious but also knew how to go out there and have a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's the relationship we had. You know, we knew when to play, but we knew when it was time to go out and, and lay it all on the line. But like you said – That was the standard, you know, even in practice, the standard was a standard. And that's why we were so successful. And I tell people that all the time. It wasn't just a working relationship we had. We had a relationship with each other, you know, when we were away from the facility. And it definitely showed week in and week out Uh, in the third quarter. Uh, like I said, we were playing outstanding defense offensively. The Cincinnati Bengals weren't able to do anything and we gave our offense an opportunity to get extra possessions. And because of that, in the third quarter, a little over four minutes to go, touchdown drive starts on that drive. Moel M- M- D. Moore, the creeper, the creeper. Moel D. Moore accounted for 36 <laughs> yards. Uh, but the highlight of that drive was Heath Miller once again catch on the goal line. Uh, we go up, uh, what 20 to 10 at that point in time. Uh, Twenty to seven. I'm sorry, twenty to seven. Heath Miller, uh, goal line catch. Once again, Heath was an outstanding tight end man. He, and a lot of people don't understand. He's one of the more underappreciated offensive stars throughout Pittsburgh in the history of the organization, in my opinion. Uh, late, early in the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter, Shane Grimm, he slips a 27 yard field goal to cut the lead to ten. Twenty to ten right now. Of course, we have to find a way to finish the drill. Big Ben, you know, comes out and do do, do what he does best. Being able to sustain drives, uh, convert third downs, being able to put the offense once again in, in the red area, being able to capitalize on another outstanding touchdown, 27 to 10. Now we're up a little under, uh, minutes ago left in that ball game and Troy Palomalo found a way to put a stamp on this victory. Go ahead and print the t-shirts, 27 to 10, but Troy in ended the ball game with an outstanding interception on the goal line. Another divisional win. And even though Cincinnati, they were struggling. Like I said, at that time, they only had one win. Um, they were dead last in, uh, in the AFC North. I think they were dead last either with Cleveland or Cleveland was maybe third. Who knows? You know, I'm so used to Cleveland being a bad team. I wouldn't be surprised if they were worse than Cincinnati, but being able to take care of a team you're supposed to beat. That's what good teams do. Not to mention being able to create more separation in the AFC North what does it mean to beat a division rival, even though you know they're not at full strength?
1: Man, it feel good. You know, you you want to definitely uh, run your division. You want to take over and establish, you know, who the alpha is in the division. And we know that, uh, once again, being the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody in our division was always going to play us tough. Uh, Cleveland Browns can be one of the worst teams, and they're going to go out there and play us tough, even if they're not at full strength. They're going to go out there and play us tough. So. Yeah. At the end of the day, nobody cares if you have full strength or not. It's all about winning those games, and we wanted to win those games. We mm-hmm. wanted to uh run our division. So uh when we make it to the playoffs, everything comes through Pittsburgh. You know, uh, that was important to us. We didn't want, want to rely on oh, this team got to beat this team in order for it to get the playoff. We wanted to control our own destiny.
0: No question, no question. We were able to do that. Of course, we all know the outcome. You know, once again, P- Pittsburgh is one of the dynamic teams in 2008, Uh it was a, it was a story season. And I tell people all the time that 2008 defense historically was one of the best defenses in the history of the game. It's something that we can hang our hats on because we all had a hand in the success and especially you, Lamar. Uh, he's a dominating player, um, outstanding teammate friend and went out there and played with a chip on your shoulder. And many people did not get the best of you. You always got the best of them. It's an honor, uh, having Mr. Lamar Willie on, but before I, before I go any further, what is next for this 2008 recap championship season? Week 13 against Matt Castle, another backup quarterback we have to take care of our business against, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers will travel to the New England, uh, to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots. Uh, real quick, Lamar, we actually had extra days rest knowing that we played Thursday and then we were playing the following Sunday. Uh, the focus for you as being able to play Thursday, have a extended weekend and then know you have a big game the upcoming Sunday, which was the New England Patriots. What was your focus knowing that we just had a Thursday night game, we won't play again until the following Sunday. I need to do everything in my power to make sure I'm 110% ready to go.
1: Is that, is it, did Tom Brady play
0: that year? No, that, that, that Matt's, Matt Castle.
1: Oh, Matt Castle, uh, you know what? You know, uh, <laughs> they have Brady, so we really get after the end. They have, <laughs> they didn't give no respect. At <laughs> hey. all. Once Brady was out, they got zero respect. We like, man, we finna get after this dude. We bought the rushing. You know, we ran different plays that week. My mindset was like, Okay, we ain't got the mastermind back there. This is definitely a big difference right here. Let's just attack this dude. That was it.
0: No question. And speaking of the mastermind, listeners, for that week recap, I will have the legendary Dick LeBo Dick LeBeau joining me to recap that week thirteen matchup against the Matt Castle led New England Patriots. But once again, uh, we just recapped week 12 Steelers victory 27 to 10, Thursday night affair, uh, victory against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's an honor having Lamar Willie on second round pick in 2007, All American at Michigan, nine years in the NFL, seven with the Steelers, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler, outstanding teammate friend, man. Lamar, once again, it's an honor having you on giving the listeners an inside look at the 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 DNA, the personality of number 56. (laughs) Subscribe to the season 2008 Steelers on iTunes and anywhere else podcasts are found. So you're up to date on our episodes that are released each Monday up until the Super Bowl. Until then, in the words of legend, Dick LeBeau, adios.